Welcome to episode 104 of the Utah Royals FC show. My name is Lucas Muller and I'm joined today by Cindy Lara. Cindy, how are you? I am doing pretty good. Um, yeah, a little trying to keep up with news and things and yeah, it's been a wild last few weeks. I think we can both admit. How are you? Yeah, um, I'm okay. Uh, feel you know, life is busy and things with the Royals feel honestly pretty crazy right now. Um, mm. There is an up hum- upcoming home game, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, uh, but certainly a weird time with the club. So, yeah, I guess we'll just jump into it. Um, Sunday afternoon, we found out via the uh, Portland Thorns versus Utah Royals broadcast that. Uh, Head coach Craig Harrington had been placed on administrative leave alongside assistant coach Louis Lancaster. Um, and that sent kind of everyone uh, spinning a little bit. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Um, the broadcast team like mentioned it somewhat casually that Amy LaPelbit would be acting as interim head coach um, because Harrington and Lancaster uh, were on a leave of absence um like not even meg linehan who seems to know everything <laughs> happening in the league uh knew saw this coming she she was tweeting that she was surprised and she was like reaching out to people via text um so yeah definitely uh kind of a big shock um yeah cindy what was like your reaction to that one i mean you were, you were playing soccer at the time right yeah and yeah, because it was around the same time, and all of a sudden my phone just stops, starts blowing up, and I usually get notifications on my watch, which I'm wearing at the time, and it was just notification after notification after notification. <laughs> so I'm playing. It's probably terrifying. It's very terrifying. So I'm like, look at my watch. Probably missed a few balls like by me and like plays, and um, it's just a very bizarre way to find out. Yeah, because. There was no press release. There was, I mean, no one saw it coming, obviously. And, I mean, it, it caught everybody off guard. I think if you were watching the broadcast and you listened, I think you were tweeting it because mm-hmm. your tweet was like, um, what? Excuse me? Yeah. So it's just a very, one, an extremely bizarre way to find out what was going on. Um, and everybody kind of just had to start digging. And thankfully, we have Meg Linehan to do that. Um, so, yeah, not not necessarily a a good way to start a game, not only for, like, the fans, but also probably a lot for the players who I believe it was 48 hours in between everything happened. And so that's just going to throw everybody off, um, which we can obviously talk about later and probably the result we had a three zero for Portland. Yeah. Lucas, it's what, what was your reaction? Yeah. I mean, I was really surprised. Um, you know, Harrington, um, is, is pretty new. seems like he, uh, you know, the challenge cup wasn't the best run. Um, like the best run of form for the team, but at the same time, uh, he's certainly, or like as a new coach deserves more time than what he got. But 
the team is in the middle of investigations by both Major League Soccer and the NWSL. Um, so it seems like maybe something was going on there. It was just, yeah, very much caught off guard. Um, you know, I uh, like he he had liked something I posted just a couple days prior, um, and so he was like active on social media, and that's not really. I feel like something you would do if you were like in trouble. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's um, let me pull up the Linehan tweets because um, they might shed. Yeah, I think just help bring some context. But as soon as I heard that um, uh, that Harrington, you know, was put on a leap of absence, I reached out to the PR department. Um, and was immediately given like this statement um, that I think they just reply to anyone without sending out themselves like mm-hmm. to, to their media list. But it said, um, Utah Royals FC head coach, Craig Harrington and assistant coach, Louis Lancaster have been placed on a leave of absence from team activities, including today's match against Portland Thorns FC in the interim. Amy LaPelbet has been named head coach. Just very short, very to the point. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, yeah, kind of, just kind of bizarre, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, bizarre. Bizarre indeed. And like I said, no one, not expected. Um, so more, as more and more we find out more, um, what, yeah, besides like being surprised because, you know, the head coach is not there, um, we found out more about what happened and yeah, I, I think it's just very disappointing, disappointing, yeah. shocking, sad. Well, yeah, let's, let's talk a little yeah. bit about what happened because really at this point, the only source yeah. we have is like one Meg Linehan tweet. For sure. Um, and the fact that, you know, we do know that, uh, Craig, and Louis are on an administrative leave. So this is what Meg Linehan said. Uh, she writes for The Athletic. If you don't follow her, you absolutely should. She's the best. Um, but she tweeted, sources have said that Harrington has made multiple inappropriate comments of a sexual nature to staff. Based off of my conversation so far, this has not been to, at, or about players. Mm. Um, and then she went on to say in a, a, in a reply tweet, my understanding is that Lancaster is for a different reason, not tied to reports of Harrington's behavior. Um, I mean, that just, if I have a couple of responses, like that's sad to hear. I have mm-hmm. certainly more questions. Um, mm-hmm. Like in probably stuff we'll never really know. Um, like we've, like Cindy and I have heard some, some things from a few people like that. We're not really in a position, position to share, um, but yeah, like if, if these allegations are true, like it's first and foremost disappointing. Um, but I also wonder like what is going on with Lancaster that's different mm-hmm. than whatever happened with Craig. Mm-hmm. And I think just, yeah, kind of where I've, you know, if Craig was saying, um, making inappropriate comments of a sexual nature, it's not something we ever heard about him doing in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of not a surprise that if you have a standalone NWSL team, comments like that won't be tolerated. But 
honestly, with everything that we've heard about Deloy Hansen and Chief Business Officer Andy Carroll, he might have felt really emboldened and um, maybe even accepted or encouraged to make inappropriate sexual remarks. Um, mm. And it seems like the the culture those two men, meaning Hansen and Carroll, cultivated was pretty toxic and pretty okay to this kind of behavior. Yeah, and and that's what I I, I was trying to come to. F- that, I mean, one of my first, I think the next day as I was trying to figure out what to write, um, the first people, one of the few couple of people that I reached out to were um, media in Chicago. And I remember even just back in uh, the beginning of the year, February, when he was hired, like there was this consensus that, you know, his hiring made sense and that nobody had grabbed Harrington as a coach. Um he just seemed like a really good fit for Utah. Um, he came from a system where they developing players and, you know, the Chicago, a winning club the past few years. And it it just, there was this vibe coming out of Chicago that he was a good coach, um, super nice, well-liked by players, and players in your, enjoyed working with him. So, you know, when even the news, even Chicago media was completely shocked because I asked, I'm like, was there anything that we maybe was missed that you've heard? Um, and they too were just completely shocked and disappointed. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, it might, you know, when you come into a culture which is very toxic and has a history of belittling people and, you know, mistreating people, um, being racist, making inappropriate sexual comments. Like it's that, it, it's sad when you come into that culture, it really just maybe just, it, yeah, like you said, it, it maybe gave the okay to do that, um, that it wasn't something that maybe they were going to ever face you know, own up, like get in trouble for because it was such a part of the culture. And so I, I I think you and I have talked about it where it was like, there's perhaps that's maybe like a reason. This is just like our guess that the culture of Utah really just emboldened these, you know, this, this kind of behavior. So, um, yeah. And we also don't know, like it, it sounds like this stuff came out in the course of um, the MLS and NWSL investigations. So mm-hmm. we don't know when these comments were made. It yeah. was my guess is this all happened prior to like Hansen going down in flames, mm. um, and then Andy Carroll like following suit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess that as soon as like those two guys fell, everyone wised up a little bit and started yeah. watching what they were saying. But it's too late at that point, which like sort of thank god um right like if people are making i mean it's a hostile work environment like Mm -hmm. it's sexual harassment is -hmm. is is what is being alleged here Mm -hmm. um if you're commenting on i don't know a co-worker's looks or body like we know andy carroll was doing about um about former and like current employees um like that that's not okay like that's not an okay 
environment to to create like no person should go into work facing that kind of objectification Mm -hmm. um so we don't we don't know what craig said or did really but from what uh meg linehan uh tweeted out it does seem like it could be similar to what you know other comments other people in the organization have made Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think like the sad reality is when you have have guys like that running the show, like that's probably doing crap like that is one way to sort of relate to them, um, engage with them, like build camaraderie is through messed up behavior like that. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a person who already has like a tendency to think that way and you're ba- around a bunch of people that vocalize it, probably becomes a lot easier to vocalize it. And there's probably an edge of acceptance that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, we don't know. There's even ever since the the report, like the reports, we haven't heard anything else. Um, and yeah, it's – it's and I think even um, if, if we can just – talk a little bit about just um yeah there's the craig situation which that's its own thing but then there's also you know the mishandling of communication from the club like i mean earlier in that day there was this really powerful statement from the players about i I believe every player just tweeted out in the morning and so at that time we're like okay this is a very powerful statement from every player in in response to what's been going on with the to- toxic culture, um, and then later on, everything just kind of tied together. Like this wasn't – this statement was planned because of what we were to find out. Um, and so, I mean, the Utah Royals FC players put out this this statement, and I'll read it here real quick. It says, we've had enough, enough of racist systems, excluding black and brown people, enough of sexist stereotypes, infiltrating conversations about our talents and achievements as athletes, enough of a work environment that is not open and inclusive for all. We acknowledge the past wrongdoings of this organization and choose to move forward in a new direction. It's important for us not to sweep these things under the rug, but to bring them to light in order to hold ourselves and the people around us to a much higher standard. As a team, we're setting the standard with a new beginning, one that is open, welcoming, community-driven, and elite, one that continues the work of iconic trailblazers like Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg to demand equality and respect for all. We expect everyone associated with us to join in upholding these standards. Anything less will impede our progress as a club, as players, and as people. We refuse to settle. So that really is a very powerful statement. Um, and I was very proud of it that the players came together to say, like, hey, no more. We're done. Um, yeah, I, I get. How did you read that in the morning versus later in the afternoon when it was like, oh, is this mm-hmm. this is more than it? seemed at first glance yeah initially i'm thinking it's in response to the toxic culture within the organization and also everything that's going on in the nation um you know the nwsl was one of the first the i mean the first 
sports league to come back and they really highlighted like the black black lives matter in every game from the beginning and and so i i I thought that was the response to it like this is the players about to play their first game ever since the whole thing with Delo hansen and andy carroll and they're just like they want to get out a statement in response to that and so that was my initial thought and then obviously the news about harrington and lancaster come out later on in the day and you're like oh no, there was a purpose and this is actually in response to that. Um, Is that what you thought? Yeah, I mean, when I first read it, I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, I love that they're advocating for change, that they're all coming at the same time. Like, I mean, my my timeline on both Twitter and Instagram was just flooded with this message, which was really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, And my thought was, okay, like, that's great. This is sort of about like what's going on in the nation, probably about what's going on sort of in women's sports in general, but also like with the, all the weirdness of the club. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as like the broadcast starts, not as soon, it's like they make that announcement and then it takes me a few minutes to realize, Oh, this is probably related to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is really fascinating. Um, I I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels, it definitely feels related. Mm -hmm. But don't you find it odd that it was actually the players who came together to put a statement, which I think is great. I think a statement from the players is needed and it's powerful. But don't you find it odd that the club said nothing? Like there was absolutely, until I believe you asked, correct? Is, is that how we got the statement about? Um... I I didn't ask that, but okay. um, that did come from the players. The, you know, the team account tweeted it out. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, but before that, there was no lead up to FYI, this is what's going on. I mean, yeah. the public, like there was no, um, that, that little, that was a statement that we got from the club. And so, yeah, I that yeah, that do you mean there's no lead up to Harrington being suspended? Yeah, I mean there's there's just nothing from the club beforehand until like after it comes out on the broadcast. I think I mean honestly if the broadcast hadn't mentioned it and there is no uh you know, they're not showing like the bench, nobody would have any idea. Um Well, usually you usually they show the coaches from time to time. <laughs> it would be weird to speak. Right, I mean, a little different today. Yeah. Oh, what happened? Is Craig sick? You know, but I I think I find it just a little bizarre that there was nothing from the club, and then right after you have the players facing the media, what what do you think is going to happen when these players? Like, I think it's just disappointing that there was no representation from the PR department. Like, yeah, I. I was on the Zoom call, the okay. press conference Zoom call. The very first question was Amy Amy Rodriguez was mm-hmm. the first person up. The first question was, uh, what's up with Harrington, basically? Right. Um, and she said, I'm really happy and excited. To, something along the lines of, like, I'm really happy to discuss soccer, but the club has told me I um, am not allowed to discuss, like, um, staffing issues or something really sure. 
very formal and kind of odd. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure, you know, she was, they were told like, hey, you can't talk about. For sure. Um, the Harrington situation. Now, mm-hmm. one thing that I hadn't really thought of, but Meg Linehan uh, had pointed out was when there's an ongoing and open investigation, the club probably can't say a lot. Um, which might be why they didn't put anything out beforehand because I, I like the PR department is they're smart people like For I sure. know them all like I think I guarantee you they had a conversation about like how do we approach this and they might have been told like we're not putting out a statement um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I would lean towards they probably didn't drop the ball as much as they were told they couldn't say anything mm-hmm. Um and I still think that's the wrong response, but I'm going to guess that that came from higher up. Um, that might've been a stipulation of, of the, you know, of the investigation of either major league soccer or the in the Bucell that you guys can't make a proactive statement about this. Mm. And so then I'm sure they informed the broadcast team, mm-hmm. you know, that um, LaPelbit would be acting as head coach um, because uh, both Harrington and Lancaster were not yeah available. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's fair like there's legal reasons why the you know much things can't be shared there's there's formalities to follow um from a legal perspective and with an ongoing investigation absolutely it makes sense that you really can't comment much but to kind of just put the players up front you know, if maybe one of, you know, if it would have been general manager Stephanie Lee, who was one of the first to go up and say, hey, this is what's going on. Because of this, we can't comment. Please, let's just keep the questions towards, you know, the game itself. Uh, and then, uh, because if without that, then you just have the players facing, I believe every player must have faced that. I wasn't on the Zoom call, but just from reading things in our media Slack channel, I was like, oh, this, I mean, if I'm Amy Rodriguez, I'd be like, oh man, here we go. <laughs> I don't, I can't, oh man, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I do think Amy's a pro and she was the only one who was asked because okay, you know, that was the first question and her answer made it clear. Like, obviously no one is going to speak to this. Um, and think, she's the team captain. So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Steph Yang or maybe Meg Linehan did ask lapel bit about the timing mm-hmm. and she was really vague about the answer um, yeah essentially when she would find out when she found out that she would be acting as interim coach um yeah but you know it's since been reported about 48 hours right right so yeah just just uh, an odd odd thing um Lucas, do you think um, is there any road back for Craig here? Like, you know, he was hired. It's a th- I believe seven months as head coach of the yeah, team, and February second, I think. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, Utah didn't get very far in the tournament, but we got a glimpse of, you know, like a three back system that oh hey, actually we don't have to be afraid of it and it works. And mm-hmm. you know, hope for the future for him to build the youth of this team, and you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless the investigation, like whoever like said that he made these sexually inappropriate comments, 
came out and was like, no, I was lying. And that <laughs> comes out publicly. Like, I just don't know if he, if there's a road back for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is like, which is hard. I always had really good interactions with Craig. Um, yeah. Like we always chat about Spurs. Um, mm-hmm. He was always really kind to me, but mm. at the same time, like I also realize he knows when he's talking to me, he's talking to a member of the media. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, he doesn't know who I am as a person. I don't really know who he is as, as a person, even if we have like a friendly cordial relationship. Mm-hmm. Um uh, so yeah, I just, I don't know, like, I'm not, I, I'm not sure he has a future in like soccer in the U S I does. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he could go somewhere else. Um, I think it really depends how public this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we probably like knowing the history of the club, probably not going to get a whole lot of information like Mark Briggs, um, who had been the, uh, head coach of Real Monarchs um, had been accused of domestic abuse. Um, and it's pretty well established that those are false accusations, were false accusations, but he was mm. still, um, was still fired because like the club just didn't want, it sounds like the club didn't want to deal with the bad PR once kind of any whiff of something like that got out. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, regardless what happens, like, then yeah it, it's just hard to see a road back for him i think to answer the question yeah also I, with lancaster just no idea what's going on there so <laughs> it's hard to know what the road any direction is for him. <laughs> we know nothing on that yeah it's it's <laughs> hard because yeah like you said if it's like totally false accusations you're like you know and there's just no way that you know Craig continues as a coach um and and yeah I think it'd be one thing if if like the players were banding together and being like no we want Craig back like we like we we have full faith in him we don't believe these allegations Mm. but it feels like we sort of saw the opposite yeah and that to me feels pretty damning yeah, it's like, I mean, that statement just—it doesn't show any solid solidarity towards you know your coach. It's more like solidarity towards like, hey, we're not—I don't care who it is. We're we're just done um, dealing with this, and we're gonna stand up for it. And yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm sure for players that have been around for a couple of years, especially those like who've been around since the start, it's got to be hard when you have like, have you had Laura Harvey, who is very much a mm-hmm. player's coach. Um, mm-hmm. I think like players would talk about being excited to play for Laura Harvey. We never heard that about being like excited to play for Craig. But also, he was new. He was new as a head coach in the league. Laura Harvey had been, mm-hmm. um, you know, the coach of some crappy team in England that we want to discuss <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, Arsenal, uh, for those who don't know. Arsenal. <laughs> We're a rival of Tottenham Hotspur. Um, we do not like them. Yeah, so they're terrible. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, it's, I don't know. I think the players do have a lot of sway in this situation. It feels like they've kind of voiced one Mm -hmm. direction Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, Cindy, I mean, what do you think like this whole situation means for for the team? I mean, it's basically starting over in a sense. Um, I, I think the one thing, the, the positive out of all this is that, you know, I think we talked about it when Laura Harvey stepped down. We're like, either Scott Parkinson or Laura, or Laura LaPelvet, um, Amy LaPelvet are the next head coach because they've, they're have they in the system, they know, and that'd be really cool to have either one of those as a coach. And I think at one point we were like, no, well, Amy probably won't. Um, so I think one of the positives is that Amy LaPelvet is, you know, the interim head coach, and I'm hoping that she stays um, – as a full-time head coach, you know, like she takes over this team and um, I mean, she's been with the team since the beginning, if I remember correctly. So yeah, she started. Yeah. What was weird is she, when she retired from the NWSL, she moved to Utah to work with, I think Avalanche, which is a, a, lo- a local youth soccer academy. Um, okay. It might've been a different, soccer academy but she moved to like work with the youth soccer here and was in utah prior to um to the royals ever existing you know um okay and then she came out she started as a part-time head coach i think came on full-time in the royal second year um had been the head coach of the utah royals reserves and their i think they just had one season and then this year was uh covid canceled um uh. And then, yeah, her role shifted a bit, but she's remained an assistant from, yeah, from day one. Okay. Okay. So. And yeah, yeah I think, I think to me, like her getting a shot, even if it's just temporary, is kind of a silver lining of the situation because like, I'm just kind of staggered that more women don't get chance, chances at coaching in this league. Mm. That's really disappointing. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I was hopeful that Scott Parkinson would get the job. Um, when, when that was up in the air, the club did say LaPelvet was not being considered. Um, mm. at that time, I, I assume she didn't put her name like in the hat. Um, uh, I, I really don't know. Um, mm. but like, it, it is kind of weird that nine teams in the league, there's one female head coach now that Laura Harvey's coaching uh in the in the U.S. system yeah um, and I think she's the advantage of LaPelvet to me is she is uh she knows the team inside and out she seems to be respected by the players she's from my from what I've seen seems a, to be a pretty calming personality um she and she also did it at the highest level you know she's an Olympic a gold medalist. I don't think anyone else on, on the, uh, any other coaches in the league uh, can say that. <laughs> um, she. I don't think she won the World Cup, which is a dis- no. disappointing, but she was she close. At she least was once. so close. Um, and yeah, I think players respect her and it's, yeah, I think she's, mm-hmm. it's, I'm excited to see what she can do, but also it's a tough year to try to prove you can do a lot as a coach, especially with what's going on with mm-hmm. this team. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, I hope she stays in that, 
Yeah. Because she's been in the league. She's player herself. She gets this league. Um, just give her time. And Utah has its hands hold right now with so much going on. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think obviously when you have like 48 hours to prepare, you're not going to have – you're not going <laughs> to – you know, it's – you're not probably not going to have the best performance as a coach. Um, so perhaps a week, you know, like a week as in that role now and able to make this her team, you know, um, hopefully Saturday looks a little bit better than Sunday. Yeah. And she did say that um, she just really stuck with the game plan that, um mm-hmm. You know, they had worked with uh, on with Craig and, you know, mm-hmm. she didn't. My sense was she wasn't trying to make any changes, but was sort of sort of just trying to guide the ship, at least through that Thorns game. Yeah. yeah. Which is a great moment to transition because mm. let's let's. Yeah, I think we've kind of covered all the Craig stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about that that game in Portland. Mm. So, um I think the highlight is uh, you got to see Becky Sauerbrunn play, which is like your favorite thing. Mm. I thought I I thought it would be, but it was like just a dagger in the heart, and I you're know. like, "Ooh, that one is not." Yeah, that doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, three zero loss in Portland. Um, mm. There, thankfully, there was rain uh, that <laughs> week, so the. Air quality, which had been over like 500 in the AQI, was down to like, I feel like the 40s or 50s, which is mm. acceptable. Um, yeah, but overall, just not really a great, great game. Uh, I, yeah, I'll just walk through the goals. Um, first goal was by Charlie in the 33rd uh, minute. Honestly, pretty poor defending by Delfava and Maimon. Um she just kind of dribbled through them. Like she had some really good turns, uh, some, some good flair there, but she was able to get one V one with Smith and then just kind of mm. slotted it away. Uh, the second goal came in the 72nd minute. Um, Sophia Smith. I, I, I don't know who got the assist on this. I should have looked, but really honestly, a great ball. And mm. Smith was in too much space. Like she should have been shut down. Someone should have challenged her in the air, but she did super well. Um, and just placed it really perfectly, and yeah, Abby wasn't able to to stop that one. I think of the three, this one feels like the most forgivable. Uh, but the third goal was just honestly terrible. Okay. Um, so Smith had Abby Smith had played it short to Ver. I think it was Vero, um, who then plays it back just really softly to Smith. I think she wants she wanted Abby to play it long or something, mm. but. It seems like Vera wasn't aware that Haran was like just over her shoulder and Haran just sprinted like crazy and got under the ball and just slotted it past Abby. And it was, yeah, super sloppy. Um, mm. That's not a goal you should concede. Um, I think it just came from probably a little bit uh, lack of awareness, um, but certainly yeah, it was kind of like the, the final nail in the coffin in that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, did you have any thoughts on like really just tactics or how the team performed? 
it just they looked I I I mean I think a major you can work on the game plan and I'm sure they they went through it a lot and they were prior to the whole Craig thing probably very prepared for this um but you know soccer is very mental so I I think you know one one of the not one of the reasons why they had such a poor performance was everything going on. Um, it's hard to, you know, when something like this happens, just kind of hard to get yourself in the game. And I think they were very distracted, um, in my opinion, by the news and everything happening. So they didn't look good. They, all of them looked like they were struggling and, um, you know, I think just coming from the challenge comp where the team was a little bit this team compared to the team we saw in July was just completely just demoralized in a way. Um which which makes sense. There's so much going on with the organization as a whole. And then it comes closer with, you know, the head coach and so yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't something that, you know, like even the three back just looked abysmal. You know, like there was how how do you how are you gonna implement that again? I don't know if I don't know. Midfield was a struggle. Just I definitely think a lot of the reason this game was is just mentally they just weren't there, um, and I don't blame them. Yeah, Honestly. Vera in the post match said she was sort of proud of the team for you know being tough and focused. And I don't really think that that happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, it's also like sort of the right thing to say. Um, right. And you know, like I don't fault Vera for that, but Mm-mm. it's also you know um, this is kind of getting into our next point, um, but you know. Desiree Scott, Diana Matheson, Kelly O'Hara, Gunna Young's daughter, Rachel Corsi, mm. Nicole Barnhart, Kristen Press are all out. Mm. And um, every one of those players, you would not be surprised to see in the starting 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it felt like, you know, some of those were issues during the Challenge Cup, but it felt like there's a sense of optimism because... Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of people having had kind of ongoing issues with Deloitte um, for a long time, that was sort of just like life is normal. Um, And so we got to see a lot of young, exciting players um, come through. We got to see King make her debut and get her first goal, Delfava. Like um, there are definitely a lot of positives, even if, you know, they tied the first game, won the second game, and then like, lost drew lost and we're done something like that um i felt like there's a sense of optimism and it feels like that is totally gone at this point and i i don't i don't think that comes back this season quite honestly i think um they might be a little um scrappy and and do some things well but i mm-hmm. i think probably the sense in the team is not super uh super high right now 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that we really just might have to wait until next season to see um, a refreshed Royals. Yeah. We, I mean, one of the biggest questions for me around new ownership is, are they going to spend on, um, on players for the team? Because for all of his faults, we know Deloy Hansen like mm-hmm. was willing to do that. Like, it sounds like Mario and Buhari were, almost done deals had it not been for a once in a century global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all of Deloitte's faults, you can't fault him for that. Um, maybe some of the ways he's responded to it, but for that itself uh, out of his control. And if I was a player in France, I would probably not want to be in the United States right now. Um, but to me, that's a, that was a really encouraging thing of, they were willing to, you know, use that three hundred thousand in allocation money and spend big on players. Um, I've heard some other ne- names of players that the team was talking to um, prior to all this, and like really good international players that most of our listeners would know. Um, and so I, I hope that continues under the new ownership. For me, um, unfortunately, like. Spending big on female players is actually a pretty cost-effective way to buy goodwill. I say unfortunate because, like, there's pretty gross pay inequality. But hopefully whoever the new owner is sees that as an easy way to buy some goodwill with this fan base. Um, Because I think they should invest in women's soccer. And I think um, it is a business that is going to grow if you want to look at it from a business uh, perspective. But it's also something that could really endear them to the fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what a sad thing to say, Lucas. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> These shows have not been super positive for a while. It's true. Yeah, you know, at this point, it's these next games are just about getting some minutes and – playing and look ahead to 2021 um hopefully everything is okay in the world and the country um (laughs) i hope so please um but yeah i think there's just a lot to gonna be following the next few days months weeks all of that in between um yeah um Kristen press is no longer with us obviously and then you got the olympics i don't know let's just move on from life and forget soccer let's pick up a new hobby (laughs) uh we don't i don't think we need to go that far but okay i you know i think it it's gonna take a little bit of time to correct what's going on and that's okay like I think going back to the Harrington Lancaster situation, if they did do things that were inappropriate, it's really good that that you know that behavior has been called out and addressed, and that it's not acceptable anymore. I know mm. it's easy to feel super down on it because it happened, and like that's that's good, that's normal. Um, it's also a little bit encouraging that if something 
inappropriate is happening that it's being dealt with. Um, mm -hmm. That's a step in the right direction and a step that absolutely was not being taken under Deloitte Hansen's leadership, which is really gross and disappointing. So it's, yeah, it's painful, but I think good things are in the rise. So I think overall, like looking at this game, I don't really care that much about the result. A win would have been amazing. Um, they've never won in Portland. But it's to me, it's sort of whatever. It's There are bigger things happening. Um, yeah. It's true. But it's moving true. on. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, we've got uh, a lot of players out. Um, Kristen Press, uh, photos of her in the, the three Manchester United shirts um, were released on social media today. You know, they all look pretty fly. Um, <laughs> like, it's kind of exciting to see her, um, you know, at, mm. like, Manchester United is, I think, the third or fourth biggest sports team in the world. Um, yeah, I guess. I am stoked uh, beyond words that Alex Morgan. Has I know. Um, I, Alex, I'm pretty Alex sure Morgan. I'm just going to drop way too much money and buy <laughs> both a Bale and a Morgan jersey. And uh, You know, the Royals are falling apart, but Tottenham Hotspur is. <laughs> the, the, fu the funny thing about the two big players that signed for Spurs, uh, Gareth Bale, and uh, Alex Morgan is they both actually might be super bad for their club teams. Uh, so like Spurs fans are way hyped on these signings. Uh, it might not work out at all. Like just if, no, Lucas, just, if, just, just let it be. Let us be happy. If Alex Morgan brings her Orlando pride energy, <laughs> don't know how stoked I am on that. But if she brings her, one of the best striker in the world energy the spurs like oh my gosh that would just be so much fun yeah i mean she's going to be sipping tea in england i mean just let it happen yeah um yeah i hope she it, does that <laughs> that'd be i bet you will and it's going to be the best thing ever yeah and then every every english player kid spur that's just gonna be the new thing to do because it's england and that's what they they like to drink tea i was at um the real monarchs game last wednesday so let's see it's thursday night so eight days ago um and i saw a girl she was probably i would i would guess between the ages of eight and 12 i'm not good with children's ages so wide range there but she had an alex morgan usa jersey on and I wanted to be like, oh, you should support Spurs. And then I was like, oh, like, I don't want to open this kid up to a life of sadness. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to, you know, whenever I have children and or adopt children or foster children, whatever, that they're going to join me in my sadness. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I think when Casey and I have kids, we'll be like, you guys should just be like Bayern <laughs> Munich fans. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Something not in England, but a team that always wins. Real yeah. Madrid, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I would just prepare the child and be like, just be ready for a lifetime of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Cheering for this club. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, hold on, just a little second. Would you buy 
You know, when I first saw that Kristen Press, I'm not, I mean, the Manchester United, like, zebra shirt, I was like, that is a terrible shirt. But you know what? Kristen Press and Tobin Heath, I was like, they make it work. And I was like, I should buy one because why not? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they pull it off. Like, they, they make it look, they make it look cool, but yeah. I don't know, like. Harry Maguire is not going to pull off that shirt. Uh, It's going to work for some people and just going to be just absolute garbage in others. It's true. That's the third kit, right? Or is that secondary? Okay. Uh, Their second kit, I think, is is white, right? Yeah. I'm pretty chill. Yeah. Red and, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, in non- uh, F-A-W-S-L news. Um, <laughs> Jason Batty, who had been the original go- goalkeeper coach for the Royals, um, is now with uh, mm-hmm. Nashville Soccer Club. Um, you know, town of my birth. So congrats mm-hmm. to Jason. Um, mm-hmm. He was furloughed and I think that was kind of a messy situation. So really glad he landed somewhere good. I know like... Mm-hmm. Sadly, like MLS salaries are going to be better than NWSL salaries, so probably, probably good for the, for him. But yeah, um, yeah, you know, kind of cool to get, to get to go to a brand new club and help kind of build that culture there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exciting, um, especially after you've been furloughed, and it's it's good. Glad glad to hear. When I saw the news, I was like, oh, I'm so happy for him. Um, and wish him the best and yeah hope he does well and yeah good luck to jason thanks for thanks for all that you did um and then we got a game coming up this sun nope excuse saturday. me saturday saturday 1 30 p.m and that is on cbs and that is at real tinto stadium CBS all access no cbs all access yep. my bad so if you turn on big cbs you're gonna be sad yeah. Dad, don't yeah, go to the app. Um your RFC versus Ray. Is that what you put? Um, that's the first time that fans will be allowed to watch a Utah Royals FC game. I know they've been happening with Real Monarchs and RSL, but this is the first time that we have that there will be fans in attendance. Not sure how that's gonna work out. Um, I don't know how many people will attend. Uh, I believe Stockton said he was going. And I'm like, go for it. Wear a mask. Do everything they ask you to do. Stay safe. Yeah, Um, I've I've been to most of the RSL games that have happened at Rio Tinto this year. It feels like kind of fine. But you always, there's always like someone who doesn't have a mask over their nose or like, like you can take it off to eat or drink and then they just never put it back on. And mm. I think for the most part, people are more than six feet away, but uh, at last night's real Salt Lake versus LA galaxy game, the away section looked really packed, like in tight. Mm. Uh, and a lot of people not, didn't have masks on and that's alarming. So Oof. honestly, it's probably best if, we as a society didn't act like this global pandemic wasn't happening. Uh, it's a hoax, or, Lucas. It's a hoax. Oh, yeah. You're from, <laughs> you're from the Midwest. 
Just kidding. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, so we're a leftist podcast where uh, <laughs> we wear masks. We are. We are very pro-mask here and wash your hands yeah. and social distance. And we don't want to play with this virus because, I mean, I don't want it. You don't want it. I don't. I don't want my mama to get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was like, maybe they're – you know, I saw the picture of all the away team, and I'm like, ooh, maybe they're all related and they're cousins, and they just like to hang out. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that, or maybe they were just. I mean, I'm assuming they probably all just traveled together. So by this point, they're just super exposed and whatever. Yeah. <sighs> There's also yeah. a lot of LA people that live in Salt Lake. That's true. Um, but yeah, also a lot of people came out to see Chicharito. Mm. Oh, yeah, Chicharito. I forgot he played in MLS. Yeah, he's not been good. Um, which I feel I'm, like he hasn't, he hasn't been good in a while. Yeah, it's been oh, – he was – I feel like he was good when he was in the Bundesliga, and then he was, like, pretty poor when he was with West Ham, which was great. I'm totally fine with that. Um, <laughs> I was really excited. I took way too many Chicharito pictures last night. Um <laughs> I, I was like, uh, I have so many photos to edit, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to take that many. Photos. And then I took that many photos. Uh, him and Bill you, Santos. You were fangirling a little bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So hmm. I don't really have any thoughts on this game. I'm I'm curious to see what what adjustments Lapelvet mm-hmm. makes. Um, yeah, and you know, a win would be just incredible at home. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really don't. I haven't really looked much into what's going on with the rain. I know Fishlock is the in England, but mm-hmm. do you, do you have any sense of how they're how they're gonna like line up? What what's been going on with them? Because I have not paid attention. Yeah, I think just like the whole entire NWSL, a lot of players. Uh, yeah, Fishlock, obviously, you know Rapino. Um. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Um, I believe this is their first game, if I remember. Yeah, because they had the one against Portland that was canceled. It was on that Tuesday, and the fires were a raging. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So I think they also have some players out. Um, Bethany Balls are going to score against the Royals again. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Don't do that. Um. So I think. I definitely think they didn't lose as many players as Royals. Um, did yeah. anyone lose as many players as the Royals did? I don't think so. Felt like an awful lot. Yeah, because, I mean, they do have some players. I mean, Barnes is on loan. Um, Warren Barnes. But they, I feel like they have some young players that you're like, oh, pretty well-known players. Sofia Huerta. Uh, Celia Jimenez uh, did she, unless she went somewhere I believe Ellie Long is playing uh, Julia Ashley so they got some players that are like I think you, you from a talent I think they're definitely from the depth chart they may be the better team um, right now so yeah I believe just Barnes Fishlock I thought I saw somebody today that went is on loan to the big the 
the, the other rain, the France rain, the French rain. So, um, big rain and little rain. <laughs> yeah. Morgan Andrews. I, I think their biggest question is probably, um, at goalkeeping. That's, I think that was, they're, they're, they're like, they don't have like a set goalkeeper because I believe they have. I'm gonna stop talking and then I'm gonna do my research. Um, but yeah, it should be a it should be a good game. I think, like you said, it will give. Just excited to see like a week removed from all these things, and hopefully the pelvic can do her thing and, you know. Yeah. The, the, yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Any other uh, league news? Uh, there was a positive that I can think of. Well, there was a positive COVID test in Houston, um, and this was confirmed with two positive tests yesterday. So, are we surprised? Not really. Um, they're not in a bubble, um, so players are free to just. They probably have to follow some things, but yeah, no people. Some people don't want guidelines, and you never. You, I mean, that's that's not fair because you can get it. You can be the most careful person in the world and still get it. So, um, so that's that. And so the game, I believe they canceled training sessions and they were testing all the other players. I haven't heard anything about other positive cases. So this just might be like an isolated incident. The player was asymptomatic. Um, so she's in isolation right now. So, um, so I, the game between Houston, I believe the Pride is still on Saturday. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does feel like a positive case had to happen eventually. Um, mm, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, well, are you good to move on to listener questions? Let's do it. Okay. So Josh, uh, uh, Rick. Ritterhoff asks, um, I assume you guys are talking about Jason Batty's departure, but just in case, uh, love your thoughts on it. If there's any news, rumors, ideas, who might replace him? Uh, we'll miss him, mm-hmm. but wish him all the best at Nashville SC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we did discuss it. Um, I know uh, Mirza, um, mm-hmm. who is, uh, I, I can't remember, I'm blinking on his last name, super nice dude. He is the goalkeeper coach for the Monarchs, has been pulling double duty between monarchs and um uh the royals that can't last forever um i like yeah for 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 batting to be furloughed just doesn't make sense to me especially when players came back i mean every team needs like a full coaching staff it's super weird to me um honestly kind of disappointing but yeah, no idea who could replace him. I mean, maybe I think I'm pretty sure we're gonna get through this year without replacing him. Um, and maybe Barnhart would want to step into that role or something. Um, hmm. But who maybe. knows? Maybe she might just yeah. play for another ten years and just <laughs> put together with athletic tape. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, I think that'd be really cool to. Her, she's slowly moving to the. I mean, the, the player coach thing. I mean, I know that Abby Smith talked. I mean, like, she, I think her first year playing with Barney, she was just like in awe of her and 
learning from her. So, um, yeah, no idea. I, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. Wait and see. Wait and see. Our favorite. It, it has to be said at least once a it, podcast. It's just what we do here. We just wait and see. We wait and see, and we talk about Tottenham Hotspur, even though none of our listeners <laughs> care at all about that. Oh, somebody does out there. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few, but I there's not many. No, probably not. Um, yeah. The next question is from RSL Skull Fan, which is a Barrington's handle. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's not even a question for they say not a question, uh, but let the ladies know we support them and are behind them through, uh, through all they're going through. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, Mm. any rails players that are listening, um, you absolutely have our support. You have the support Mm. of the fan base, uh, here in Utah. And yeah, I think, Mm. I think everyone recognizes what a tough year it's been for you guys and really hope, hope the best. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. If, if anything, like the support from, you know, people, fans, that matters. And, you know, our, there was a time where I was like, I don't want to do this soccer thing anymore. It's exhausting. And I just, I'm, I feel like all of the, late, the latest news I'm covering is just sad things and unfortunate things and mad things to get mad at. And, yeah. But you know what? It it's yeah. I think we do this because not so much for the rich owners, but more for the players and this <laughs> league. And um, I got into this for billionaire billionaire owners. I don't know about you. What? I knew it. <laughs> um, but yeah, agreed. A hundred percent. We stand behind the players and support them and yep we are a very player friendly supportive we yep we stand the players (laughs) all right well on that note um thanks everyone for listening we will try to be back um sooner than our last gap things were just kind of crazy Mm. um outside the soccer world so yeah thanks for listening and uh everyone have a great week